this week on the Roommates Podcast. And you got to be real with yourself. Mm. You can't just be all, woe is me. I have no girl. I have no money. I have no job. That, that's not clear enough. Yeah, 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 <laughs> okay. Because yeah. if I give you a dollar and introduce you to some, some gal and, and, and then give you a job, that, that was not going to make you happy. Yeah. Right? So clarify not just the end in mind, but also the accuracy of where you are. So I call it from X to Y by when. X marks a spot. That's where you're standing today. Be extremely accurate with your current position. To Y. Y is like the, where you want to be, and you better give me a good reason why you want to be there. Mm-hmm. From X to Y by when. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's the time frame that's going to take you to accomplish this goal? You know, if it's like, man, I want to be a millionaire next month. Okay, good. What did you just invent that the world needs and they don't know about yet? Yeah. Okay. But if it's if it's because, you know, I, I meet guys often that have unrealistic expectations of the outcomes because they're going to they really it almost always has to do with they're going to win something. What's good, everybody? This week's podcast is brought to you guys by our sponsors over at Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of amazing classes covering dozens of creative and entrepreneurial skills. You can take classes in everything from photography and creative writing to design, productivity, and more. So whether you're returning to a lifelong passion, challenging yourself to get outside your comfort zone, or simply exploring something new, Skillshare has classes just for you. And we've been telling you guys so much this year. Make sure you hop on Skillshare. So many dope, amazing classes. You guys will love it. So be sure to join the millions of people on Skillshare today with a special offer for the roommate community. You guys get two free months of Skillshare Premium. Use the offer code roommates at checkout. Go to Skillshare.com slash roommates. Two free months of Skillshare Premium. Check it out. Trust me, guys. You won't be disappointed with all the things that you'll be able to learn. Yo, what's good, everybody? This is Hafiz, and I'm back in Charlotte, North Carolina, guys. In case you guys didn't know, fun fact about me, I actually lived out here my freshman year of college, but it's not about me right now. We are joined by a brand new roommate. I am really excited about him and the message that he's going to provide to the show. Guys, please welcome to the show the one and only Jonathan Catherman. Hey, it's great to be here. Did I get it right? You got it right. Uh, good. Yeah, I always, I'm, I'm known for butchering last names. <laughs> well, that one gets real awkward when it gets butchered, so you did a good job. Thank you so much, man. So, we're in, the, we're in the shop. We've got the beautiful, nice cars out here. Yeah, you know, cars are kind of fun. So yeah. it's fun, a fun environment to be on. I wish we could pan around and I see know, everything. I know, I know. I'm staring at a Ferrari right here, right behind you. I'm yeah, surprised you didn't set the camera so nice. I know. I there. wanted to do so, but I couldn't get that. Because sometimes with the windows and the yeah, lighting, it just yeah. kind of blows it out. So, well, man. We're doing okay. We're doing okay. So which one is your favorite? I know they can't see it, but I'm curious which one's your favorite. Uh, I'm going to have to sit with the Ferrari. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it might look so nice. I'm going to try to get you guys a picture in the Patreon. But Jonathan, thanks so much for taking time out of your day to come join us on the show. Really excited to have you here. It's good to be here, man. I appreciated the invite, and I was glad to get your call. So awesome. all works out great. Sounds great. So for the people who don't know who you are, can you tell them who you are, what you do, and all that good stuff? All right. So in order of importance, you know, professionally, uh, I'd say that that uh, actually before we go professionally, I'm a, I'm a husband and a father first. Awesome. Uh, my bride's name is Eric, and my boy's names are Reed and Cole. And uh, we've been, Eric and I have been married for, for 23 years. I mean, my boys are 18 and 15. So those are the things that, uh, you know, I do every day that are most important. Professionally, I'm a sociologist. And uh, 
I write books. So I've written a bunch of books that have done pretty well, all mainly about generational content. So uh, my expertise is on generation cultural norms. So the content I've written has to do something with usually adolescence. I'm sure we'll talk all about it. Yes, yeah, yeah. No, that's good because, guys, I actually found, and we talked about it previously, but I found Jonathan's work (laughs) um, because we are working on a project right now to be able to provide some resources to young men to help them grow, excuse me, and exceed in life. And I found your book, The Guide to Manhood. I thought it was super awesome. I thought I loved the, the artwork and I loved the relevancy of the message. And so I guess... To jump right into it, what made you decide to write that book, The Guide to Manhood? Okay, so title, Manual to Manhood. No oh, problem. Gosh. Get that all the time. Uh, Don't worry. Maybe I should have uh, named it Guide to Manhood. Anyway, no, I thought, you know what? I think in my working title, I picked the guide, guide too. Yeah. So I just automatically assumed the Manual to Manhood. Great. Well, I got that one locked down too because we got the Girl's Guide to Conquering Life. Uh, but we'll talk about that yeah, later too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so Manual to Manhood came about unintentionally. Um, so professionally, at the time when I wrote the book, I was traveling. I'd be on the road about 210 days a year. Oh, wow. And I was doing everything from research to uh, trainings. I was working with educators and community leaders. Uh, I was in South Texas on a business trip and got in a pretty significant car accident. And oh, when the accident was occurring, you know, people talk about how you get like this this flash and your whole life flashes bring out. I mean, I don't know if that's legit or not. That didn't happen to me, but one thought occurred as my airbags were deploying and glass was breaking and I'm creaming down the freeway. I'm thinking I'm going to die. Mm. And who's going to raise my sons? Wow. Because at the time, they're little guys. Um, I have no question that my wife, Erica, wouldn't do a phenomenal job parenting. She would, but I, maybe it's selfish. In that moment, I felt cheated out of the opportunity to teach my boys the coming of age things that every parent looks forward to teaching their kids. And as a father, I was looking forward to sharing with my sons, like how to shave. One second. Let me get this a little bit closer. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. Things like, like, um, how to shave. And, you know, I know that's kind of funny. I'm, you know, bearded up right now, but I haven't always been wearing the beard face, but you know, how to change a tire, how to meet a girlfriend's parents for the first time. Um, how to shake hands properly. They were young and they were coming of age and learning these things at the time, but I didn't, I'm here. I'm not going to, I figured I'm not going to live and I'm not going to be able to share them. And I felt cheated. I walk away from this car accident with a total rental car and a huge bruise on my hip. And that's it. Mm. And a couple hours later, I'm sitting in my hotel room. Like it didn't even happen except for now the adrenaline's kicking in. I'm like, all right, I got to do something with this. This is one of those times where, where you don't just say I'm lucky. Mm. You say I'm blessed. So now how do I magnify that blessing? So I started a cloud file for my son's titled, If Anything Ever Happens to Me. And in the cloud file were instructions to life. And um, and one of those things I wanted them to do is I wanted them to meet men who've had a significant impact on my life. My father was really an amazing man, still is today. We're very close friends and confidants, and and he's a wise counsel with me as well. And But there are other men in my life who have who have mentored me along the way. And one of them... Uh, I really want my boys to meet. If anything ever happens to me, I want you to go meet meet George. So uh, I called George and said, hey, uh, one of the things you taught me in life is never ask someone to meet you unless, or, you know, never introduce someone unless you've already asked the other someone if it's okay to make yeah, the introduction. Yeah, yeah. So if anything ever happens to me, you mind helping me out with my boys? And he goes, what the heck are you talking yeah, yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm working on this cloud file. This is what happened to me. Car accident and everything. And he goes, I want to see this cloud file. So he took a look at what I was doing, and uh, he said, this is not a book for your boys. 
Mm. And at that moment, I thought, no, you had not done something accurately. And, and he goes, this is, a, this is a book for more than your boys. Mm. I know a dozen boys that need this content. Mm. And so in, in turn, it became a book for beyond my sons. Mm. And I thought maybe we'd sell two copies. You know, one, I always wanted to go into a bookstore and buy my own book. Yeah, I thought yeah, that was yeah, kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew my mom was going to buy the other yeah, one because, you yeah. know, moms buy yeah, everything, of course, right? Of course, of course. So, uh, so uh, uh, it did well. Yeah, yeah. Still doing well. Yeah. You know? So Manual to Manhood, um, been the number one bestseller in the United States, and it's in multiple languages around the world. And every now and then the charts come in from other countries. I'm like, dang, I didn't know it was going to do that well in, you know, Germany. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, so we're pleased that it's making a difference, and that kind of launched the writing career. So uh, long-winded answer to your great. short, very good, good question there. Yeah. So why do you think it did so well? I think the book, Manual to Men, it did well because um, it fills a gap. Actually, I think that most all of my writing is really a bridge writing, and it helps span a distance between where someone is and where they want to be. And if you know, when you take a look at the book, it's just a hundred skills, how to do this and how to do that step by step. Um, you know, when it like grill a steak, I mean, literally about, you know, get the heat right. That's one of the steps, you know, or, or how to iron a shirt, you know, is, is setting the, the temperature on the, on the iron and setting out the ironing board. I mean, literally step by step. It's almost ridiculous how simple it is. But... If you've never been shown those things, how do you learn? I'm all about experimenting until you get something right, but that's very ineffective and inefficient. So I think the book did very well because it helps young men gain respect and avoid embarrassment, which is what every guy wants. You know, you and I can both attest, we don't want to be embarrassed, mm -hmm. really ever, right? Yeah. Um, and we want to be respected as often as possible. And so the little things in this book, the step-by-steps help guys gain that respect and avoid the embarrassment that'll make them their day more effective more successful make them feel like they're confident and capable no i love that and so to me i think one of the reasons why the book was so successful is because similar to what you said it filled a void yeah but to me i think the void that it filled was was a void of fatherlessness that has occurred for a lot of people in this generation. I think what has happened is, unfortunately, a lot of people grew up without dads, and a lot of these basic things about life, whether it's changing a tire, or, you know, making you know, being able to put on a tie, or you know, talk to a girl for the first time, found that very helpful. Right. <laughs> I learned that like ten years ago. <laughs> but uh, all these things, a lot of men are very curious about. But they're never taught it. So like you said, unfortunately, you have to learn by trial and error. And a lot of times that error comes embarrassment, shame, mistakes, yeah. and, you know, mishaps. And so the thing my friend Francis talked about, the book that stood out for him was the simplicity of it. And the simplicity and the practicality of it, which is so beautiful because I think for so many guys, they just want a how-to guide. Yeah. You know, a lot of books, we're reading this book. Have you heard it called um, The Way of the Superior Man? Okay. Yeah, have you read it? I have not. Okay, so it's a really 
good book. I enjoyed a lot. But a lot of this guy is very, you know, theoretical and in the philosophical realm. And a lot of things aren't as practical as you would have liked. And so I feel like a lot, especially these young guys are trying to figure life out. They just want the practical how to. Just tell me what to do. Exactly. Just tell me what to, I can do it. If you, if you just show me how to do this, I can give it a go. Right. Yeah. But right now I don't know. And another part is guys don't want to ask for assistance all the yeah. time. Right. So you're right. The book is extremely simple. A hundred things that every guy should know how to do. And it doesn't make you a man to do these things. In fact, I I believe that skills make you valuable, but character makes you invaluable. Mm -hmm. And so there's also character content peppered throughout the book. In fact, we did interviews with with hundreds of men that I know that are really phenomenal. Some of them, the world's best at what they do. And then we picked some of the best and put them in the book. and, And about 10 of those, the best of the best made the chapter lead. So there's NFL Super Bowl winners in there. There's NASCAR drivers in there. There's celebrity chefs that all lead each of the chapters, but they're not saying, okay, this is how to cook a steak. That comes later. That's a simple part, right? Mm-hmm. Or this is how you throw a, a spiral. That, that, that comes later because the instructions are there, but the character of a good man is also something they think that's missing in a lot of people. And that's also, guys are like, look, I want to be a man of great character. Tell me how, and I can... I can turn that into my life. I believe that the, the young people that, that I get to work with will be better, far better than the generation I, I'm part of. Mm. You know, and I think that that's part of your goal, if I'm understanding correctly, is you believe those who here can be, meet and exceed anything that we've done well. Yeah. So if, if, if I don't expect my boys to be better than me, then I'm missing the mark somewhere. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. And my, that's kind of one of my goals as well is like, you know, when I do become a father one day, it's like, yo, you guys, even though I'm going to be amazing, <laughs> like you guys have to be better than me. Like the legacy has to continue and the lessons that I've learned in life, I want you to apply them to your life to not make the same mistakes Absolutely. I made. Making mistakes, that's part of life though. Yeah. It's, it's the, you know, we figure out what doesn't work and stop doing it and figure out what does work and do it as often as you possibly can. You know, when I'm standing before an audience of, of young people, young adults or adolescents, you know, teenagers or tweens or something, I often have them repeat after me. I say, I want you to say, I will be, and they say, I will be, and I say, even better than you. And the first time I say it, they go, even better than you? Like, I'm not supposed to say that to an adult. I'm like, no, no, really. The reason I stand here is so that everything I have, I will share with you, and you will magnify it to become better than whatever it is our generation created. You can be so much better than me. And if we don't believe that, if your listeners and your viewers don't believe that about the kids that they're raising, they got a problem. Yeah. I mean, personally, they have a problem. Yeah. I've met parents that are like, they don't want their kids to be better than them. Yeah. I'm like, what is wrong with yeah, you? Yeah. Man, you want your kids to be better than you. Yeah. So I, I, I think that part of the success of the book is it sets people up to be better than they were before they read that instruction, before they read that chapter lead, before they heard about that character. And it gives them a chance to go out and practice, and practice makes us better. Yeah. So before we get into some of the meat of the book, I'm curious to a little bit of your story. So, you know, you shared that your father was an amazing man, and I think that's an extreme blessing, and there's obviously a lot of advantages that gave you in life from, you know, having your father present. But what would you say were some of the challenges in manhood that you dealt with during the earlier stages of your life? Sure. Uh, probably the same as every guy does. It's like, you know, you, you want to be, 
I don't remember being a teenager saying, I want to be a man. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to be comfortable in my own skin, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm a really tall guy. You know, I'm six foot five. And often when people meet me, the very first thing they say is, wow, you're so tall. I have never looked down at someone and said, yeah, and you're really short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because that would be demeaning, you know, and not maybe not funny. I mean, you know, in, my, in my mind, I'm thinking that, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, But, you know, when you're really tall and you stick out or, you know, that's my call. Everybody has that. Everybody has something like, you know, there's something about them that they think maybe people focus on. And I think as I was growing up, I was, I was concerned that people would miss who I was becoming uh, in my character, the B factor, rather than just the do. Surely you play basketball, mm-hmm. you know, people would say. Or uh, I always had to do with something having to do with my physical size. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to be this guy that people liked, Jonathan, who, uh, you know, big and tall, sure, that's fine, but but personal would be better. So I think that was one of the, the things that I dealt with growing up. And I I think everybody deals with a variation of that. Um, I didn't lack for instruction. You know, my, my father is a, is a wise advisor and was when I was growing up. I was surrounded by guys, men older than me, that were wise advisors and generous with what they had to offer. I got that from, uh, you know, church environment. I got that from in our community. I encourage any guy to surround yourself with people who are older than wiser than you, no matter how old you are. If you're 15 years old or if you've got a 15-year-old, Get your kids around people who are are of exceptional character who can help raise them up beside you. Um, So I didn't lack for any of that. Mm -hmm. I think probably the biggest thing was just that confidence that people would see me for who I was becoming, not just what was the most obvious thing, and that was your tall dude. Yeah, (laughs) no, that's good. And I I really enjoy that, that point right there about the importance of surrounding yourself with a lot of exceptional people. I think some people currently struggle with that because they may be in an environment where they may not have their dad there. You yeah. know, they may not have male role models. You know, they may not have, um, you know, uh, certain churches that are, you know, as open to servicing the needs of young men as they would have liked. And that's what I think the dope part about podcasts and books, like the ones you've written and all these things going on in today's digital world is where you can be able to get if not physical mentors, you can be able to get these digital mentors who can be able to pour into your life, invest into you, and give to you. Because that, to me, is probably the biggest thing that's helped me in life. Is obviously my dad's a superstar, like literally Father Hall of Fame, beyond belief. But I had so many other guys, you know, who helped support me and mentor me and guys that I listened to. And I think that's just so important for a lot of guys who's in your ears, you know, who's guiding you, who's leading you. And I think that that's one of the differences between, you know, really surviving in this world and thriving in this world. Because I feel like a lot of guys, unfortunately, live day to day to survive. And not a lot of people are thriving. So I I agree with you. Okay, so I've got. This sounds like a selfless plug, but I got two new books coming out in Let's March go. 2020, Let's right? Go. And in one of the segments of, of it's called Guiding the Next Great Generation is for adults and Becoming the Next Great Generation is for young people, right? One of the things I set up that you just said is, um, you know, is it a challenge or am I threatened? And if we don't have the resources and we feel threatened, if we have resources and we feel challenged, and the thing is our brains love challenges, I mean, we thrive on the context of challenge. If I'll meet that challenge, I'll exceed that challenge. You know, if you're, whether you're into sports or whether you want to write a book or whether you want to climb a mountain or you want to rebuild a car, if you have the resources, you can accept the challenge 
and thrive, Mm -hmm. right? If you lack resources, all kinds of demands in life, lack of resources, unpreparedness, that ends up as a threat and we survive threats. Mm. So what I'm hearing you say, and I will completely agree with, is there are plenty of young men out there who lack resources, who are unprepared. And so most every day's demands end up as being threats. Yeah. So how do we help change that? So we go back then to manual to manhood book, you know, or getting a mentor. What that process is doing is the demands of life. You're now meeting with prepared, you're prepared and you got resources. So great. Bring the challenge on. I'll take that. Mm -hmm, And I rise because of it. Yeah. So, so viewers, listeners find the way to build up your resources because then you can accept any of life's demands as a challenge. And, and if, if that means, I mean, think about, oh man, it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts when I hear guys say, yeah, but I don't know, I don't have anybody in my life. And, okay, and first, that, that's not the part that drives me nuts. What drives me nuts is when I find that they haven't done anything to pursue anybody. Mm, and they good. haven't put them in a place, put themselves in a place where they can find good mentorship, which is not easy to do. But nothing in life worth keeping is, comes terribly easy. Mm-hmm. So if you've got to get involved in a community group, you've got to get involved in a, in a, a faith a church group, find there are people there whose hearts care and want to share. Mm. So if you don't have... Go find it. We, 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 we gain what we seek. If you seek nothing, you'll gain nothing. Mm. And it may be hard to find the right person or persons. You're probably going to need in a lifetime. I think you need probably at least a half a dozen good mentors. Mm. So keep pursuing it. Dude, I'm 47 years old. I'm still pursuing good mentors. Yeah. I literally call people and say, you have something I need. Will you mentor me? Mm. Yeah. No, that's really good. I love that point because... Man, it's just, it's something that I see is what are you pursuing? And a lot of people are pursuing the wrong things and they're not just pursuing the wrong things, but they persevere for the wrong things. So, for example, like if the new Call of Duty comes out, and, you know, they're playing online and it's extremely challenging. Most guys, after they maybe lose a couple of times, ain't going to turn the game off, you know? Right. They're going to keep on playing. They're going to keep working hard and keep going after it until they get whatever end destination or end result that they're trying to achieve. But on certain things in life, when it comes to whether looking for a job, you know, or like you said, pursuing mentors, the moment a little bit of adversity hits, people shut down. They give up. They stop going. And... The thing about it is, like you said, the best things in life are the hardest things to get. And really finding these guys who are going to support you will transform everything. Totally. But like you said, a lot of these men, obviously, if there's someone that you look to and value as a high esteeming individual, more than likely is going to have things on his schedule, more than likely is going to have maybe family responsibilities and work responsibilities where he may not be able to be the most attentive to you at that moment. So consistency and persistence is important because obviously if he's a man of high character, he wants to help, but uh, the amount of help he might be able to give you might be limited to the time you ask. Well, like uh, gravel and gold. Mm. Right, you need both of those to make 
structures work. Gold pays for the structure. Gravel is what you lay down to build the foundation upon so you can build a structure in the first place. Yeah. So as you're out there looking for mentors and looking for guidance, you're going to find a lot of gravel. Don't don't discard it. Lay it down. It becomes a bedrock for what you build your foundation on. When you find gold, that is of great value. You use that to build the structure of your life. Yeah. But that's built on that that gravel bed that you have to sift through a lot of gravel to find your, find your gold. So when you find a mentor who says, yeah, okay, I'd love to be able to help you, but I can't give you that much time. They're never going to actually say it like that yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. But when you find like, oh, man, I didn't get what I was hoping for there, you, persevere. Okay, we got to get this idea out of our heads that practice makes perfect. Mm. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. In fact, try to find any person you know at any time that, was perfect. Okay, we've got Christ. That's yeah. that that yeah, one. Yeah, 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 Everybody yeah, yeah. always comes. Well, what about yeah, Jesus? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You got yeah, me there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not talking about yeah, him, yeah, right? Yeah. We're talking about real human beings like you and me, who get up every day, put two feet on the floor, do this thing called life. But the more we practice, the better we get at something. If you practice poorly, like if you do something poor and you practice at it a lot, you're going to get really bad at doing something poorly. Mm. Or again, excuse me, you're going to get really good at doing something poorly. Yeah. If if you practice and you get better and you review and you do better next time, the more you practice and you do more and more and more, your your performance increases. The quality of your performance increases. I mean, we see this in sports. We see this in music. We see this in anything that requires repetition, right? Finding a good mentor and bettering our lives is the same exact thing. If it gets difficult, yeah, yeah, it got difficult. You know what? I've never heard of a Super Bowl winner ever going, you know what was really hard, man, that like sophomore year of football practice when I (laughs) threw up on the field because coach had us do two a day, so I quit. Yeah. You know, I just quit until last year when I got drafted for $25 million. I haven't done anything since my sophomore <laughs> yeah, yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. It never happens. Yeah. They always have these stories of how hard it was to make it to to the point they're in now. And, and, you know, if you look around this shop, there isn't a car in here that hasn't been restored. Well, that means a lot of hard work went into getting them to become something that is is just remarkable, right? Yeah. They don't do that on their on their own. Guys parents, anybody who's listening and watching this, practice makes better. Regular practice, consistent practice, perseverance will make you better at what it is you seek. Just be clear about what you seek. I think that's what you're, mm-hmm. you're wise in saying is also be cautious what you pursue. Yeah. You know, cars matter nothing. They don't. They're just fun toys, right? Yeah. Be cautious on what you pursue because what matters most, other things will follow. Mm-hmm. Right, people matter more than than any product. Yeah. So go for go for being a better person. Then your car doesn't make you a better person, guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> so what would you say after helping so many men and doing so much research that you found are the top three challenges for young men? Integrity would be the first one. Okay. Okay. So I think we don't know what integrity is, and it's a real simple answer. It's doing the right thing even when no one is watching. Okay. Right. So when when there are no eyes. When, when there is no tracking, when there is no, are you still doing the right thing? Uh, and that's an intrinsic motivation, intrinsic coming from within yourself versus extrinsic. I mean, I, I, will, I will offer you a value if, you're, if you have high integrity. It doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Integrity has to be internally, intrinsically motivated. Respect. I think we're, we're missing some of what respect means. Respect doesn't mean we agree. I have, I have some people I really disagree with them, mm, yeah. but I still respect them. Yeah. I mean, 
I, I, I regularly hang out with people that don't have the same faith beliefs as me, do not have the same political beliefs as me, don't have the same background, profession. In fact, we don't have a whole lot yeah, we agree yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but we like each other anyway because we respect each other. And maybe that's the reason we spend time together is because we share that value of respect. Mm. So, guys, I think if you can have integrity, respect, and consistency. Um, you know, if, if you're not consistent, you know, one day you do a great job, the next day it's only, eh, you know, mm. then, then I'm not hiring you. Yeah. You know, not for long at least. Yeah. Uh, if, if consistency, think about it. If, if, I mean, if you're not consistent with the persons in your life that you love, your family, um, your kids, uh, particularly your kids, uh, how, how far is that going to go? Right. It's not very far. You know, it's just, then it's just little nuggets of, of, you know, treats. You know, if I'm consistent with my kids, if I'm consistent with my bride, I'm consistent with my work, I'm consistent with my friends then the outcomes can be, I don't mean totally predictable, but I got a good idea what's coming. Yeah, no, that's good. And I mean, all those three things are probably, you know, things that I'm like, yo, let's, let's work on this. Let's work on this. Let's get better here. And obviously it's a lifelong journey. And what I, what I want to encourage a lot of guys who are listening in on this message is we're not saying that manhood is perfection, right? No, like, yeah, that's impossible. Close. But the journey to perfection, the journey of accountability, the journey of constantly improving, the journey of being more and more like Christ, the journey of constantly redefining yourself to your best version is what we're talking about. Yeah. And so I really, really, um, that point about consistency is key. And to me, I, I look at it, especially looking back on my, my early 20s, is that like a lot of this stuff starts every day. And it starts the moment you begin the race. Yeah. And what I mean by that is so many people, like you said, they want to they wanna get to the Super Bowl, you know? Like, this is an illustration. That I'm not sure how many, how, do you play video games? Not well. Okay. Not well at all. So, my son, my son <laughs>, laughs at me every time we play. <laughs> so, like, in, in certain video games, like, let's say if you're playing, like, a Madden, right? So, in a typical Madden video game, you know, there's, it's like, it's like NFL season. If you're playing franchise mode, there's 17 games, playoffs, Super Bowl. So, what some people do that really bothers me <laughs> is that they'll literally skip the whole season and not playing the games during the season, skip the playoffs. Yeah. yeah get to the Super Bowl, and then they'll pick the Super Bowl team and then play the Super Bowl yeah. and then play it on easy, win the game, and be happy. Yeah. I'm like, yo, you just lost the whole journey. Like, that's not life. You know, you got to – if you're trying to get better, you got to start today. Like, the habits that you lay down in your early 20s is what's going to be who you are tomorrow. And too many people think that, oh, I'm just going to be that tomorrow without laying down the habits of being consistent today. I think you can pick that up, your habits building at any point in your life. You're right. The younger you are, the, the more consistent you will be as you grow older. Yeah. How about this? Mindset, right? So here's a mindset shift for us about how to be consistent. Where does stewardship fit into all of this? So, so I have this model. It's a three-part model. And so picture yourself where, where you will fit into this model. Anybody who's listening and watching this, okay. 
So bottom level is membership. Welcome to the team, right? Welcome to the club. Welcome to the group. Welcome to the family. You're a member of the group, okay? So we used to have just that level and then a upper level. And we would call that upper level the elites or the leaders or the, okay, so you had followers and leaders. Mm-hmm. That model's broke. Here's the new model. Membership, bottom level. Stewardship, middle level. Leadership, top level. Now, stewardship the responsible management, supervision, and protection of what's been entrusted to your care is something you do consistently. What you just gave me that example in the uh, Madden game is a log in the game. They remember they're a player, right? Mm-hmm. But they want to go straight to the Super Bowl. So they mm-hmm. want to jump over all the stewardship factor and play in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work anywhere in life outside mm-hmm. of virtual reality. In yeah. real life, IRL here, <laughs> right? Yeah. You've got to be a good steward. Responsible management, supervision, and protection of what's been entrusted to your care. That's an everyday thing. Now, if I come to you and I say, man, how are you doing that? All right. So let's say we both work at the same place, right? And you've been working there a little longer than me. And I come to you and say, we're doing the same job, but you're doing it a heck of a lot better than me. How are you doing that? Okay. So what what I'm saying is we're both members of the same group, but you're a better steward at the role than I am. Will you show me how to be a better steward? I want, I want to practice what you know. What I just did is I invited you up into leadership. Now, it doesn't mean you're an upper management of the company, right? It, between the two of us, you're now leading and or mentoring me. And so you're saying, yes, Jonathan, I see you're in membership and you want to make a, a leap up and jump up in here into stewardship. It's going to take a while. And so, yeah, you show me how to do this, that, and the other thing. And a, and a year later, I'm like, man, I can't, I can't say thank you enough to you because look where I've come. Well, you're no longer my leader. Yeah. You're no longer my mentor. We're now back to being peers because we're doing the same thing the same way really well in stewardship. Mm-hmm. So whether you're on a, a, a team or you're in your neighborhood or you're part of your community or you're, you're in work, are you a good steward? Because there's a, there's a, everybody's a member of something. There's a flood of membership. Yeah. But we don't have a flood of stewardship. And when we have good stewardship, we can have exceptional leadership. The leaders we see today that are questionable, I don't actually question their leadership. I question their stewardship. Mm. So teach your kids to be good stewards. Practice good stewardship yourself. You know, responsible management, supervision, protection, what's been trusted to your care. I know I've repeated it three times. That's good. But we, we remember what we repeat. We repeat what we remember, right? Yeah. So I agree. I completely agree with you. Don't go for straight for the Super Bowl, man. Yeah. You got to go through a few hard knocks along the way. That's yeah. called stewardship. <laughs> yeah. And to me, I, I'm, I'm thinking right now about the young man who feels like their life is in a bit of chaos, who they feel like that they may not have a job. You know, they may not have the romantic life. They may not have the money, you know, that they feel as though they don't, there's not much that they're being responsible for. They feel like they're at rock bottom ground zero and they're listening yeah. to this and I'm like, okay, like what, what do I even do? Like for a guy who's in that position, you know, jobless, penniless, doesn't really have a lot of purpose direction in his life. Like what, what do you suggest that he do to begin this journey? I'd, I'd be very clear on what your priorities are. Okay. I encourage everybody I work with professionally, whether I'm coaching or I'm uh, mentoring. Um, I have right now five guys I'm mentoring that all of them are writing personal mission statements. Like, really, why do you get up each day and put two feet on the floor and do this thing called life with purpose and design? Yeah. Okay, forget how much money you have. I don't care if, you're, if your dating life is, is 
is as full as you could imagine, and, and you've got the best job ever, and you're flush with cash. I'm not asking you about that. I want to know why do you do life? Because if you can do that, then, then those other things can be clarified, right? So what's your purpose, right? Also, okay, so if I can understand my purpose, uh, then what are my goals? And here's where I think a lot of guys mess up when it comes to goals is they, they have an idea of where they want to be, but they have no real accuracy of where they currently are. Okay. So think about it. You know, I gave you directions on how to get here to the shop, right? Mm-hmm. And I sent you a map. Now, if, if you just opened the map and said, okay, I've got to end up in this part of North Carolina by 11 o'clock on a certain day, right? The very first thing you have to do is calibrate to where you currently are. Mm. Because you can't plan a trip to get here to the shop unless you have an accuracy, accurate understanding of where it is you are. So most guys, they have, I know where I want to be, but they don't have an accurate set of where they currently are. And you've got to be real with yourself. Mm. You can't just be all, woe is me, I have no girl, I have no money, I have no job. That, that's not clear enough. Yeah, 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 <laughs> okay, because yeah. if I give you a dollar and introduce you to some, some gal and, and, and then give you a job, that, that was not going to make you happy, yeah. right? So clarify not just the end in mind, but also the accuracy of where you are. So I call it from X to Y by when. X marks a spot. That's where you're standing today. Be extremely accurate with your current position. To Y. Y is like the, where you want to be, and you better give me a good reason why you want to be there. Mm-hmm. From X to Y by when. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's the time frame that's going to take you to accomplish this goal? You know, if it's like, man, I want to be a millionaire next month. Okay, good. What did you just invent that the world needs and they don't know about yet? Yeah. Okay. But if it's if it's because, you know, I, I meet guys often that have unrealistic expectations of the outcomes because they're going to they – really, it almost always has to do with they're going to win something. Mm. They're going to win the, the uh, video game tournament. They're going to win the heart of someone. They're going to – yeah, that's a chance because you're competing with other people and there's a good chance you're going to get knocked out, okay? <laughs> so X to Y by when, you need to know realistically how long is this going to take you. Yeah. Now, if you want to write a book, people ask me all the time, how long does it take to write a book? The answer is like, I don't know, six months, Yeah. right? But in all reality is between the moment I start typing and it actually, you know, I get a first copy, it's a year. Mm-hmm. But in all reality is if you back that up even further, I've been studying this now for, you know, my career. Yeah. So this one book, like we just, we just finished the, um, you know, guiding the next great generation and uh, becoming the next great generation. That, the culmination of that book was five years in the making, mm. not six months of writing. Yeah. So when people say, I'm going to write a book in six months, say, great. How long have you been working on it? Well, I'm going to start working on it on Tuesday. No, how long have you been already preparing for this? Be realistic in the time frame it's going to take. Mm-hmm. If you want to win somebody over, dude, guys, man, if you've got some gal out there and you're like, man, I just, she's the one. Okay, good. Is it a one-time ask? What consistency are you showing? How in a way are you going to be, you know what, if I'm, if in two years from now, She's looking at me going, you know, that guy's the one. That means you've been good for two years, yeah. right? Not just two asks on a date. <laughs> yeah. Right. So from X to Y by one, set some realistic goals. Have purpose, set some realistic goals, and get accountable. I love this part about it. Okay, this goes back to the context of our mentoring. If I just decide, hey, that's a good idea, I should do something, probably about 10% likelihood I'm going to follow through and actually do it. Mm. Right. But if I know what I want to do, how I want to do it, when it's going to occur, 
how it's going to occur. And then I meet with you and I tell you on a regular basis how it's going and you help hold me accountable. And we have a measuring system about if I'm making it, my probability goes from 10%, just a good idea, to like 95% mm. likelihood to complete the goal. Yeah. All right now, if I told you, you're going to get struck by lightning if you go outside in the next hour. 95% chance you're going to get struck by lightning. You going outside? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because 95% is near certainty, right? Yeah. If I told you, hey, 95% chance you're going, to, uh, you're going to get the job if you apply and go down and do the interview. And you're like, man, that's a job I've always wanted. Are you going to apply and go down and do the interview? Mm-hmm. 95%, almost near certainty. Mm-hmm. So if you have purpose got good goals and a great accountability partner 95 percent likelihood this is going to happen in your life mm-hmm. what the heck man go yeah. for it you don't go for it we're not the fool yeah right no that's that's good i man i think um the accountability part is probably the biggest thing because one thing i'm notoriously known for is i don't like when people give me ideas like so many people they have like, oh i want to do this oh i got this idea for that i'm like yo how are we going to make this happen? How are you going to make this happen? How are you going to hold yourself accountable? Or who are you going to find to hold you accountable yeah. to make sure that this takes place? And, like, I love the point about the purpose. So let's, before, let's, let's go backwards a little bit. Because, like, accountability, I mean, purpose, goals, accountability. I yep. love the point about purpose. Because I feel like, in my personal opinion, I think the modern woman does this better than the modern man today. Oh, I, I wouldn't. I would agree with you. So we have two opinions now. Yeah, <laughs> that makes it a fact, right? Yeah, like you know, vision boards, you know, all that stuff on their walls. Like, like there's so many girls who are like, "This is what I'm trying to do. This is where I'm trying to go, and this is when I want to get there." And they get there, and I feel like a lot of guys, unfortunately, kind of float. You know, and they kind of just drag their feet and they're and they're not as direct mm. to what their what that purpose is. Or some of the guys don't even know. So for the guy right now who says, I have no idea what my purpose is, how would you help him? Right. Okay, great question. Keep it simple, right? Um, let me give you a, a short example of what I mean by that. I'm I'm wearing on my wrist uh, a wristband that says made of metal and it's spelled M-E-T-T-L-E. Well, that's not the misspelling of the word metal. That's a character trait, made of metal. The metal character trait there includes strength, bravery, courage, right? The ability to persevere under difficult times. Um, so the reason I have this wristband is because that's part of our family's purpose statement. But see how simple it is? It says on the inside, strength, bravery, and courage. That's it. Mm-hmm. Your personal mission statement doesn't have to be like a, a two-page poem, you know, or, <laughs> yeah. or, or some manifesto somewhere. I mean, if you have to steal someone else's lyrics from a song because that means a lot to you, then, then do that. But come up with something very simple that's meaningful so that you say, this roots me, right? Uh, strength is obvious, you know, heart mind, body, spirit. I think we need to have strength in all those areas and exercise the heart, mind, body, and spirit so that we grow stronger every day. Um, Bravery and courage, though, people often go, well, aren't they the same thing? No, they're not. Um, Bravery is to undertake without fear. Courage is to undertake despite the fear. Mm. If I'm strong, there's times I'm going to take on life's demands, not scared at all. If I'm strong, I can take on life's demands and and just be beside myself with fear, but I'm still going to press forward. So those three words, strength, bravery, courage, which culminates in made of metal, 
that gets my feet on the floor every day and do something. Guys, don't go crazy on this. Just pick something simple, meaningful, purposeful. If it's one word, three words, like I said, the the, the chorus of a, your favorite song, uh, a, a verse, I, it's up to you, but something that roots you. Don't overthink it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you have to ask others, hey, if, if you were to describe me real quickly, you know, like like really, you know, one sentence or less, what would, what would you say? Ask 10 people that same question. Find the consistencies that they say. Because of those 10 people, you're going to hear one thing probably six times. Mm-hmm. And you hear, you know, 10 different things. Well, focus on the one thing you heard six times. Say, hey, that's probably who I am and what matters. I, you know, as I think about it, that really does matter to me. I should probably focus through that lens. Mm. So, guys, take the time to find purpose. Here's the oh, – man, again, here's the thing that, that I think is amazing. We're only given, like – 80-something years, maybe if we're lucky on life, mm-hmm. right? How can I go through half of it not knowing why I'm here, mm. right? You're, you're, you're created with purpose and design. I, I was doing some research recently about how likely it is that someone else would be just like you, you know, because I, I, you know, you, there's these jokes about, about the snowflakes, you know, the, every, all this, these millennials, you know, and Generation Z, you know, they're so precious and they're so, they're so fragile and they're so snowflake. And everybody comes back and says, yeah, you're not a bunch of snowflakes, you know, come on, pull up, you know. Yeah. All right, so here's the thing. We spend our lives trying to be unique. I don't meet many people who aren't trying to be unique. Yet at the same time, we exercise all this energy in being just like the person next to us. Mm. Whether it's what we wear, right, or what we drive, or how we talk, what kind of music we listen to, or where we're going to holiday and vacation. I mean, we, we do all this stuff to, to reflect what we believe is valuable, yet we don't know who we are, which is the most valuable thing there is. Mm. So spend less time trying to be like everybody else and try to figure out who it is, who it is you are. Mm. And, and in doing so, man, it's going to make life so valuable. Mm. so so very valuable so yeah guys just just figure out who you are first yeah no and that and that and that's a and that's a process and that's a journey and i think man it's because it's like if you don't know who you are then you don't know where to go correct and if you don't know where to go you don't know who should join you alongside those journeys whether it's friends whether it's spouse whatever it may be right and i think so many let me backtrack a little bit. When I was reading about a lot of like um, different anthropological studies about the different cultures and practices of the of old, one of the most important practices was the manhood ceremony. Mm-hmm. Coming because, of age. Yes. Rites of passage. Of age. Exactly. Yep. And so the reason why it was so important because what was bestowed upon a lot of these young men was what you just described. Identity, purpose, direction, mission. Those things were, were, were a clear gift once you transcended from boyhood to manhood. And that then propelled you into the next season of your life to where you would exhibit the strength and the bravery and the courage that's needed to protect the village, to love your wife, to service your children, to provide for the community, whatever it may be. Very good. But what has happened is that in most Western cultures is those ceremonies have gone. And now we kind of assume that these young boys should now transition to manhood on their own. 
And a lot of guys are stuck in what a lot of sociologists call extended adolescence, where you're physiologically looking like a man, but then you're psychologically feeling like a boy. Right. And I really feel like that accepting of responsibility and accepting your purpose is one of the biggest shifts that a lot of young men have been missing and yearn for. Absolutely. And, and yes, we have lost the transition stage between boyhood and manhood as a clear rite of passage in Western culture. You know, when, when we look at how unique we are, the probability of you having another one just like you is like 75 trillion to one, which means there's no one else there just like you. Yet, as I was saying a moment ago, we look to be like others, but we don't have that consistent, oh, he did this to get from boyhood to manhood. If I do this, I'll get to be from boyhood to manhood. Mm-hmm. You know, they've, we've got, um, there's a tribe, in, I believe it's in South America, where they, they leap off of towers with these bungee um, reeds, or excuse me, bungee vines on their legs. And if they time it just right, they don't hit the ground. Well, yeah, they time it just right. Somebody smarter than them yeah, showed them yeah, how to yeah, do yeah, this, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. The wiser passed on to the younger how to do this. There's there's fire rituals. There's um, uh, things people eat. There's, there's uh, going out into uh, a wilderness on your own for a period of time. There's the hunt. There's, the, there's all kinds of, in culture, rites of passage. In, in American Western culture, often driving would be an example of this. Yeah. You know, and some people say sex is an example of this. Um, getting a, a job. Now you're a real man. You got a real job. You know, yeah. I mean, what, what makes someone a real man? I think it's confidence and capabilities. Mm. The rites of passage have been lost. That doesn't mean we don't, we should not look to reclaim some of them. Okay. Um, I think that, and I don't think they're gender specific necessarily anymore either. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that there are some things we could do to help people see that they are adulting. When you said they're, they're in this, this elongated adolescence, it's failing to adult. Mm. I, was, I was driving back from Atlanta where you drove up mm-hmm, from. Yeah. I was driving back from Atlanta. I got this phone call from a, a, a well-known celebrity's wife. And she says, what am I doing wrong? My son is, and she went on to explain how he's hella skiing right now, mm-hmm. you know, with buddies. And uh, he... He keeps breaking his phone and getting new phones. doesn't have a job. And I'm like, who's paying for hella skiing? <laughs> he says, well, well, we are. I said, who keeps buying these phones? Well, we do. And how old is your son? You know, he's in his 20s. And I said, well, I got an idea. Stop paying for all this stuff, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's failing to adult because yeah. you've given him no reason to adult. Mm. Um, okay, confident, capable. See it, do it, teach it. You know, have you shown, do your kids see you doing these things that are adulting? Like, mm-hmm. like for instance... You know what adults know how to do? Adults know how to pay their bills, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Have you shown your kids how to pay bills? Yeah. Right? Well, if my kid's not in any of my kid's business, what kind of money we have? Yeah, it is their business, what kind of money you have, mm-hmm. in the, how much income is in your home. Because if we can show our kids how to manage our home income, guess what they're going to learn how to do? Manage their home's income. Yeah. Right? Um, who's doing the laundry in your house? All right, if you're still doing your kids' laundry and they're teenagers, then you missed something along the way, mm-hmm, yeah. right? Who's cleaning the bathrooms? Uh, these are the, Our rites of passage aren't leaping off of a tower or going on some great hunt anymore. It's being able to be confident enough to do life on our own. Mm. I'll never forget my father came out uh, and handed me the keys to my, my car. I was, I, was, uh, I was probably about 17 at the time. I bought this car, though, when I was 14. And it's a, it was a 64 and a half Mustang. 
love this car. It was a cool car. Right? Uh, your car people will understand. 289 four-speed sweet ride, right? 64 and a half. When I bought it, though, the transmission was in the trunk. If you know anything about cars, that's not where transmissions go, right? <laughs> yeah. So I spent the next about four years with my dad building up a relationship together under the hood of this car. Mm-hmm. And, again, he comes out to the garage, and he hands me the keys to the Mustang. He says, here's your keys. And I said, thank you. You know, I thought maybe I'd left them on the kitchen counter or something like that. He goes, no, you understand. Here's your keys. Mm. I said, yeah, Dad, thanks. He goes, no. These are now your keys. I have may have bought the car with my own money when I was a kid because of a job I had, scooping manure all summer yeah. long. But I couldn't afford to do all the work on this car. But my dad had helped me out with that. And he said, I could never have paid somebody to do all the work you've done on this car. You know more about working on this car now than I do. I am gifting you a rite of passage that this is your car. Anything that happens to this car from now on is completely on you. Mm. I'll never forget that day as I'm holding the keys I've held a thousand times before, but now I'm looking at them going, whoa. Yeah. Like this car is now my big responsibility here, right? And it doesn't have to be a classic car and it doesn't have to be something expensive. It can be something very simple, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but meaningful is what matters. Mm. You know, if, if you're not teaching, no, let me rephrase, not it's negative. Please be teaching your kids how to care for themselves and how to care for others, how to do their own laundry, clean their own room, cook, um, introduce themselves to other people, right? Teach your kids how to introduce you to their teachers, their coaches, their mentors. These are all parts that they go, man, I'm, I'm, com- I'm, I'm good. Mm. You know, I, if I can practice at home, which is, should be the safest place in the world to practice, then I can handle it out there in the world who doesn't necessarily have our best interests in mind. No, that's 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 a, a fantastic point. I, I think one of the things I really want to encourage those. Um, that's why I harped on the mentorship, the mentorship point at the beginning so much yeah. because the beauty of the digital age is that if unfortunately your parents have not provided these things for you, that there's a lot of different resources online via the podcast, via yeah. books, you know, via audiobooks, via whatever it may be, that you can be able to learn these things and learn these tools and learn these skills. Because, man, I just, I really, really, really enjoy so much of your book because, like you said from the very beginning, all these things you're describing that you want to pass on to your children, all these things you're describing that a lot of young adults want to learn are in this book. And are going to help them be able to navigate through life. Because I feel like so many guys, they feel like when I'm at a certain age now, all of a sudden I have to be an adult. And it's kind of like, to me, what I think about it is, it's like, it's like being thrown into the Super Bowl, like in the fourth quarter when the game is on the line. You know what I mean? And you don't know how to play football. You don't know how to play football. (laughs) That would be horrible. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we have people being thrown into adulthood yeah. who don't know how to be adults. Exactly. And like you said, like, they never were a faithful steward of the little. So now hard when they get the big, much. it's very hard to yeah. be faithful for, for the many. Yeah. And that's why I always encourage people, like, even for me today is like, whatever you have, like, steward that well. Whatever that may be, if you're a guy right now and you only have $100 in your bank account, like, yo, figure out how to budget $100 really well. You know, if you're a guy right now, you have a really crappy car, 
I'm guilty of not doing this one. So I got to hold myself accountable. Not saying my car is crappy. <laughs> but if you don't have a, uh, the best car in the world, learn how to take care of that car right now. And learn how to be really, really faithful of, of the small things. Learn how to, if your whole life is in chaos, learn how to get your, take care of your room. Like, that's probably my best goal I did this year. Like, I finally, it sounds very sad being 29, but I finally learned how to make sure every single day my room and my bed is in order. Because yep. if I have this part of my life in order, then I can go ahead and take care of the rest of the world. So there's so many little things. I'm, I'm always thinking about the guy who's at ground zero and his struggles. And like, well, you know, I can't do this. I don't have what you guys have. No, you got to start here because the end destination, I don't know where that's going to lead you, but I know where you're at today. And like you said, you know, from X to Y, and you have to, you're here. Yeah. Be self-aware that you're here, and now let's get to next the next destination by taking the necessary steps. Yeah, and stop comparing yourself to people who have more than you. Mm. That's what we've got to stop doing, right? We we when we started this podcast, you know, I said, yeah, there's a Ferrari right here, and there's Chevy over here, and you know, you know, we got a Woody over here. You know, sure, there's really cool cars all around, but you don't start there. If you can't take care of the little, then you can't take care of the much. You know, great scripture says those who can be faithful with little can learn to be faithful with much, mm-hmm. right? And, and like you said, it starts with my room, and then it moves to my house. It moves to my neighborhood, and then it moves to my community, and from my community to how, how big is this going to get? Mm-hmm. If you, if, it, it's like bricks in a building, and, and it's which brick is the most important? Well, the one that's missing is the most important, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But we start laying down each brick, and before long, we've got a structure. Yeah. So you're right. If you've got 100 bucks in your bank account, be a good steward with $100. Because if you can't steward $100, you can't steward a $1 million. Yeah. It's real simple. And by the way, I'd rather lose $100 than a $1 million. Yes. <laughs> if you can't steward an old old Chevy, then you can't steward a new Ferrari. Yeah. You know, and, and, and be patient in the process. Because when we rush our mindset saying, I want to be where I'm not, then we're really disappointed not with the end in mind. We're disappointed with ourselves. Mm. Right. And and so be be cautious how you what you consider to be the thing of greatest value. You personally are of greatest value. If you are calibrated well, other things will follow. It's not about you get more stuff. Stuff is stuff is hard. Man, I, less is better. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but be a good steward of who you are. Yeah. And in in closing, that's probably the beauty of your message. And exactly where this show, where I wanted to take this, this, this conversation, because we didn't talk about how to get girls. We didn't talk about how to make money. We didn't talk about how to start a business. We didn't talk about how to buy the nicest cars. We didn't talk about the nice watch. We didn't talk about all the superficial things that society has deemed as the standard of masculinity and manhood. But we talked about was the inner self and the character and the mindset and the mindset that helps you to be able to begin your path to healthy masculinity and to healthy manhood of finding your purpose about having clear set goals of being a man of integrity of being a man of consistency all these things that I hope that our audience listens to over and over again because this message is one that you got to hear multiple times and it's so easy to try to figure out okay how do i get this and how do i get this it's like yo once you start with 
like you said, I love your point. Getting your room in order. Once you learn how to do that, then when we're talking about, you know, changing the world or opening seven-figure businesses, then those things can make more sense because they'll be a byproduct of things you've done in your past and not some lofty aspiration of things you've never done in your previous journey. Absolutely. All those things are outward expressions of the inward you. Yeah. So get inward you figured out right well, and then those things will come about. You know, fine. Go read the manual to manhood. Love to have you read that book because it's it's just packed full of good stuff. If you're if you're thinking, oh, great, what about my daughter? What about for the ladies? Good. Girl's Guide to Conquering Life. That's out there, right? Great. Another great book. We've got the men in the making clubs that are that are mentoring in schools around the country, and the women in the making clubs. Um, you know, new content, guiding the next great generation, becoming the next great generation. All the materials are out there, but those are those are tools, right? Mm-hmm. The first thing is your mindset, mm-hmm. right? What's your mindset? Then what's your skill set? Build up the skill set. The tool sets will come. You use those books as tools to help build your mind and skills. Mm-hmm. So but focus on what matters most first. I mean, again, you know, body, mind, heart, and spirit. Get those things in order. I love it. I love it. Well, Jonathan, man, it's been a complete pleasure. I really do appreciate you letting me be record here, you know, sharing your wisdom with our audience. So for the people who want to reach out to you, send you a message. One of the things on the show is the audience likes to reach out to the people who come on and thank them for coming on the show. Where can they reach you at? Yeah, go straight to our website. Uh, my wife and I, we share a site. It's called thecathermans.com. It's spelled the, T-H-E, Cathermans, C-A-T-H-E-R-M-A-N-S.com, thecathermans.com. You Google me, it's kind of hard to miss. Yeah. Uh, just run over to Amazon as well. You can capture all our books there. But please feel free. And uh, through the website, you can email me. Uh, my phone number's even on there. I, oh, welcome, wow. I welcome calls. I welcome That's emails. Awesome. It's all good. That's amazing. Well, my number isn't on my website, but <laughs> please make sure you reach out to Jonathan, guys. You know how we get down to roommates, man. There's been so much wisdom. I hope that you guys apply. Just don't just listen to it and consume it. Apply it. If you're a lady listening to it and there's a, you know, maybe your brother, you know, maybe your friend that you feel like this message would really help, you know, be sure to send it to him and obviously apply the things that we say. Just subtract the word man and put women. That's right. <laughs> um, My name is Hafiz, and I'm joined by the one and only Jonathan Catherine. Great being here. And we got a roommate. Thank you guys so much, and adios. Adios.